With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Joining me today as ever is Scott McDermott as we pick over the bones of our last minute Rangers defeat against young boys of Bern. Well, young boys, I keep doing that. Um, a disappointing result, Scott. A disappointing performance. Steven Gerrard, I would imagine, will be absolutely raging with the way they lost that last-minute goal. But before we go into the detail of each moment in the game, the key moments, what was your overall impression of the Rangers' performance? Uh, no good enough, Johnny, to be honest. Um, not without what to be too harsh on them or too critical. I think the cold light of day... Stephen Gerrard, I mean, I, I listened to Stephen Gerrard after the game last night and you know, he obviously picked out a couple of key decisions that did go against Rangers, there's no denying that. Um, I think when he gets back to Glasgow this morning and when he gets a chance to go over the game again, I, I think see, in terms of game management um, and how Rangers went about it last night, how sloppy they were in, in possession at times, um, I think you'll see that as a kind of... See, I think you'll see it as a bit of a backward step last night, that, that performance and result. Just because of where Rangers have been you know, in the last couple of years, how they've progressed. You, know, you think of performances like Ufa away and you know, when they were they were right up against that under the cosh. You know, going to places like Villarreal and, and getting getting away with a 2-2. You know, they've been over the course now, Rangers. Um They've they've dealt with situations, uh, difficult situations, and, and last night was was one of them. Though when you think it's one each, and young boys are are, are coming on to them late on. Um, and as I say, I think in the in terms of the bigger picture, Gerard will be be slightly concerned about how they managed that that game last night. I think he would have expected a lot better um, from his team and a lot better from his experienced players who who made crucial mistakes on the night. I'd agree with all that, Scott, and particularly because I felt young boys were a bit like a very good Livingston. They didn't impress me at all with <laughs> that, their use of the, the ball or their structured the, play. The thing about young boys, Johnny, I, I don't doubt uh, they're a good side, right? Um, because their, their home record shows that, they're the Swiss champions. I've seen them in the last couple of years play Champions League and Europa League games and they've looked a very dangerous team, especially at home. So in general, I think they're a very good side. But the the key thing is, last night on the night, they were so poor it was it was unbelievable. I thought for for a team at that level, you no know, playing at home, they should have been used to that surface. Um, you no know, far more used to it than Rangers. Last night was a a massive opportunity lost for Rangers, partly because of the way young boys played. If ever a team was there for the taking, you know, in terms of getting them on a on a on a bad night for them. 
that was the the chance for Rangers. They they were really poor on the night, and you no know, for Rangers not even to come away with a point. Um, well, I think infuriate Gerard pri- privately that the, they get out of there with nothing. Part of the problem for me, Scott, was the inability to hold on to the ball. Yeah. Now you've got a player in there, Glenn Kamara, who last season looked like a Rolls Royce, knocking the ball about, taking the ball in difficult situations, playing it well, finding men almost all the time. Yeah. But this season, it's not quite worked for him. And last night was a, another one of these games where the onus was on him to go and use the ball wisely. And for me, he didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I thought Kamara could have used it better. I mean, he, he could probably get right through the right through the whole team. I don't actually think he was he was the worst in in possession. Um, I thought probably the biggest culprit was Ojo, even though he's a no, he's he's a forward player, but. I mean, so loose in possession, something yeah. that, that will just enrage Gerard when you think of how he played and you know, how he wants his teams to play. But Ojo was so lax at times. Surprisingly, um, he made it to the, the last minute. You yeah. know, he, he, he was on the pitch till the end. Yeah. That, that, well, after six minutes. That surprised me. Uh, but you're right, Rangers' retention of the ball wasn't good enough. I thought, I thought Jack was very good until he went off. Uh, I thought Davis was, was okay. Kamara, okay, um, but there were opportunities you know, when Rangers get into the final third to be more secure in possession uh, in terms of creating chances, and they let those chances pass them by through sheer carelessness, basically. Um, as I say, I think Ojo was the biggest the biggest culprit, and listen, see if you're going to win away from home, Johnny, at any level in, in Europe, you need to be solid, you need to be compact, you need to be tight. And by tight, I mean, I don't just mean out of possession, I mean in possession as well. You, know, you need to be neat and tidy on the ball. And I thought, no, pretty much for the start, last night Rangers were just a bit a bit loose, a bit lax, you know, a bit sloppy. And I just wondered as the game went on, because it didn't improve as the game went on, whether they were going to pay the price, even though young boys weren't playing well at all. And in actual fact, it didn't really surprise me that the way the goals came about for young boys and the fact that Rangers lost it towards the end. I just kind of felt it was it was coming. Yeah, we were unimpressed by young boys, but let's be honest, they were probably the better side for the majority of the game. Just not, but not much in it, Scott. There I'm was, not saying wasn't that they dominated. No, there wasn't much they in it. They certainly didn't outplay Rangers, but they probably just edged it. Certainly in terms of chances, first half where I think Stephen Gerrard would have gone in really satisfied, obviously getting the goal one yeah. minute before half-time. They still had a couple of chances. Um, their top scorer, Jean-Pierre and Sammy, misses a sitter yeah. from about four yards. So, and let's touch on the goal, because it's a, it's an excellent moment. It's the best moment of the, of the game for Rangers. Hellander plays the ball into Davis, who probably has the touch of this move. Just Brilliant. an absolutely yeah. sensational little flick yep. when he's under severe pressure. That finds Barisic, who had a good game, by the way. I he thought did. Barisic was probably Rangers' best player outside of Morelos. Yep, I wouldn't argue with that. He puts in a lovely curling ball over the top, and Alfredo Morelos does what he does so well, which is roll a defender, gets one-on-one with the keeper, and then... It's the kind of finish Scott I absolutely love because yeah. it's a really skilled finish. He opens up his body as if he's going to put it in the corner and then actually just comes across the ball and cuts yeah. it into the bottom left, the opposite side he's suggesting. People say it's giving the goalkeeper the eyes. I was talking to Fraser Wilson about this last night and he absolutely slaughtered me. He said, Johnny, 
I'm a goalkeeper, I know no goalkeeper looks at a player's eyes. No. That's that phrase giving them the <laughs> eyes. It's rubbish. Don't ever use it. It was more that he gave uh, Shiojo the the ice. That was the thing that that was impressive about it from Morelos's point of view. I mean, listen, it was classic Morelos, the way he gets the defender in tight, you know, uses his body, uses the backside to you no know, to, to roll uh, roll the boy and, and get in. But I did like the Listen, I love the finish, you're right. No, I love those type of finishes when you shape to go they go the other side of the goalie and just cut it cut it across. But the clever thing was actually looking at Ojo because he could have played Ojo in maybe for a simpler finish. No, he was he was to his right. Um but he had a wee look at Ojo, which might just have no kind of fooled the keeper slightly if he thinks he's gonna pass it. And then obviously just whips it in, uh, whips it into the left the left hand corner. Um brilliant. Brilliant goal, no, the kind of, no, the kind of move, the kind of goal that Gerard would want for his team away from home. Plenty Morelos's strengths, um, and for Rangers to get that just before half time, I mean, a great time to get the goal. Um, Gerard would have got them in at half time, no, and I'm sure the message would have been, no, to keep it, keep it very tight, get compact, no, fullbacks to come in, midfielders to tighten up, but. It didn't really happen in the, the second half, as well, I say. Even before the second half, Scott, Rangers actually could have put the tie to bed because Shiojo gets slipped in down Sadie Yanko's side and it yeah. wasn't. It's actually the third or fourth time it happened in the first yep. half. And I know it's a tough angle, but he's through on goal. It was a tough angle. It was a difficult finish. But I would agree with you. He's, got, he's got to hit the target. No, at least at least uh, make the keeper make a save. Um, but I don't think Ojo... I don't know, he never looked confident, did he? He no. never looked as if he was going to, going to hit the target or going to go and finish. That kinda it almost kinda summed up his night. Everything was a bit was a bit too flimsy. Um and as I say, that was that was kinda summed up in that finish. But even so, as I say, getting in at one 0 at half time was a great position to be in. Um and they should have went on to win the game from from there, there's no doubt about that. They started the second half sloppy, which yep. is unusual for Rangers because normally Steven Gerrard will get a reaction from them. Yep. They came out, they seeded possession, they looked to drop back into a defensive position. Yep. And three or four minutes into the game, you're thinking to yourself, second half, young boys are looking sharp again here. They're starting to play the ball around a little bit more. They're looking threatening. They've got two players up front that are dangerous, especially, I thought, Roger Asami. Yeah. And there you go. He scores the goal. It's First of all, though, James Tavernier, he looks like he's trying to stop the ball, go out of play for a throw-in. Yeah. Uh, he dribbles backwards towards his own goal. He's robbed of the ball. The player then lays it off to, to the winger that's steaming in down the left-hand side who crosses the ball in. It's a delicious cross. There's yeah. no blame on Philip Hellander. Couldn't get anywhere near a ball like that. Right across no. the six-yard box. And uh, Asali's there just to pop it into the back of the net. Listen, I mean, you shouldn't be dribbling back towards your own goal. In any situation, that's that's the first thing. See if you ever find yourself in that position. Just turn and boot you, it out. You just knock it out for a for a throw in. I mean, it's that it's that simple. Um, it's so poor for Tavernier. Um, he tries to kind of go through a challenge, a kind of 50-50 challenge, thinking that he's going to, no, he's going to win the ball. Uh, but with no real conviction, that's after he's dribbled, he's dribbled back and steady, steady putting it out. Um, Terrible for Tavernier. I also think Goldson for that goal. I mean, nobody's really mentioned it, but when the ball breaks, and I've seen this a few times with Goldson on 
uh, plastic pitches. It happened a couple of times last night. I've seen it happen at uh, at Kilmarnock as well. And what happens is when there's a when there's a loose ball mm-hmm. that breaks between goals and, and an opponent. I think on a normal surface, he looks at it and you no, know, even if it's fifty fifty, he goes and try and try and wins it. Even if it means giving away a foul, if he loses out, even if it means kind of taking man and ball. I think on the AstroTurf, he assesses situations like that, and he did it last night for the goal. If you watch it again. There's a chance for him to go and engage with the boy once Tavernier loses it, but he decides against it. He decides to kind of play safe. I'll let him take it, then I'll try and deal with it. But by that point, no, it's too late. The boy gets a, gets a cross in. He's, so, he's taking the chance there that this boy is not going to hit in a world-class cross. Correct. And he knows if he hits in a cross like that, good luck to him, it's a goal. Absolutely. But I'm taking the chance that he's going to put a lofty Absolute. ball in and I Absolute. can hit it away. Listen, I'm, I'm no saying... No, Goldson's necessarily to blame for the goal. I think Tavernier's got to yeah. got to take that. Um, but there were what I'm trying to say is that there are at least two mistakes in there. And again, as we've said, just so so sloppy, very very lax. Um, and no, Gerald would have been pulling his hair out at that goal, watching it for the for the side. It didn't at any point become a nice footballing encounter, but there was chances for both sides. Uh, some a couple of headers for uh, young boys. Rangers had chances towards the end of the game. Alfredo yep. Morelos was a con- consistent threat, uh, running down the channels and then firing shots across the goal. Um, one element of the game that, that stuck out to me was the penalty incident. Borna Barisic, absolutely terrific yep. cross from the left, deep cross, comes across and Morelos... Is clearly clipped. Yeah. Um, now, when I first saw it, I thought it looked like a Stonewall penalty. However, Morelos did go down theatrically. Yeah. Do you think that it was the way Morelos went down that stopped him getting that award? Because he does fling himself in that sort of dying swan routine. Possibly, you might be right. I mean, slightly different to you. The first time I seen it uh, on TV. I probably didn't think it was a penalty. I thought maybe Morelos had a, had made more of it that, than than there actually was. It's only when I seen the replay, you know, you see as you say that he clearly is clipped, and it is a a stonewall penalty. The defender gets caught in his heels. You no, know, he realises he's too late and tries to tries to impede Morelos. Um, and who knows? Listen, maybe if Morelos hadn't have went down uh, not quite as theatrically then the, the referee might have, might have made a different decision but listen it was a big moment in the game that went against Rangers but no these things happen I mean that's that's part of the game that that, that shouldn't have been an excuse for, for going and the only reason I bring it up game. Scott because I wonder now if referees are less likely to give a penalty if they see that yeah. if they see that element of throwing I think, your I think that's your, always been the case Johnny, if they see you're less likely to get it if you if you throw yourself down. But listen, Morelos might might say that that's no, it was completely natural. That was only I mean he's gonna he's gonna in there at pace. He gets clipped. No, I think he gets clipped on about the kind of knee. Uh, or certainly it was the the young boys uh, defenders' knee that kind of catches him. Um, his foot got clipped as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as I say, it was listen. It was a big decision that went against him, but. No, it shouldn't have derailed Rangers that much that they go into they lose that game. Um, I was going to say, I mean, one of the I don't know what you think. No, an interesting thing for me, but when Ryan Jack went off, I mean, what did you think would have been the natural substitution? Because for me, watching it, 
I was absolutely convinced that Andy King would come on and yeah. place a Ryan Jack. Absolutely convinced. And a game like that, you know, where the game uh, was at in terms of the scoreline, away from home in Europe, you, know, you think Andy King's experience at club, European, international level, I thought it was absolutely made for him to come on, you know, be a, a direct replacement for Ryan Jack. He's adept at keeping the ball. No, he's no a player that uses his head, and no, I think would have just kept Rangers ticking over at that stage in the game. I was really surprised when when Greg Stewart came on. It meant Arfield going in one, Stewart going wide right. Listen, I'm a big fan of Greg Stewart, hundred percent. You know that it was no brilliant uh, against Aberdeen last weekend, but I thought it was like a. I thought it was a kind of unnecessary attack-minded substitution at a time in the game when Rangers didn't really need that. I thought I thought Stewart came on and found it difficult to get up to the pace of the game. He had a couple of opportunities in the final third, um, taking a lift his head, pick out a pass or get a or get a shot away, and uh, and he didn't do it. And I just thought the midfield you're talking about, no Kamara, no keeping the ball well enough. I thought. It kind of weakened the the midfield. Jack going off and Arfield going in there. Arfield is always going to think about about going forward. No, he's a he's a forward thinking player. Um, as I say, just a little thing. But I, I thought King, I thought King would have been the natural replacement. I was really surprised. No, I completely agree with you. And you have to take the point now that perhaps Stephen Gerrard is a little bit disappointed with Andy King at this stage yeah. because. He just hasn't been involved really at any stage beyond cameo appearances. Yep, I agree. You, you'd have thought that he would have come in in one of these games. Obviously, not necessarily the the, the biggest of games like the Europa yeah. League, but certainly he would have been involved in, in something from the start um, and been able to show that quality that we know he has. Listen, it's a big move getting Andy King for, for Leicester on loan. I mean, I don't know the exact figures, but Rangers will be paying a... No, a bulky his wages. I'm not sure if there was a a loan fee involved. He's come for the Premier League, bags of experience. Um, he's been put up. He's been put up a couple of times in front of the media. Now uh, we did him. We did him about a fortnight ago, uh, and I was because he'd been put up in the way he spoke. Uh, no, about how ready he was, how fit he was. I was convinced he would start the game at uh, St Johnson. It was the next game coming up. He didn't even make the bench that game, so I was I was stunned at that. And I just thought last night, I just thought last night was made for him to come on when when Jack got injured. And if you're not going to use him in a situation like that, I don't really know when you're going to use him. And you're right, it's going to be interesting as uh, no as we go on, no where Andy King features or when he features, um, because I say last night. Listen, it's no, I'm, I'm no having a major pop at Stephen Gerrard here I mean it wasn't the worst decision in the world but I just thought just thought it was a bit strange at that stage in the game you know your central midfielder goes off an experienced guy like Jack who you know, keeps the ball all day had been playing really well it was made for King to go on in that midfield also and you also kind of alluded to this but Jack has a natural propensity to snuff out danger yeah where Arfield his game is more attacking yeah. and he's a guy that's going to be always looking to be on the front foot so I think that's 100% right and it actually manifested itself as the game progressed into the last two or three minutes where it became a bit of a punch, a drunken punch up, Yeah, you know, that was swinging from one end to the other and you're thinking, this is a great result, 1-1 for Rangers, they should be trying to control this game and just see it out. Yeah, 
and, take the sting out of it. Yeah, and also, you know, no, irrespective of how bad young boys had been playing, no, or how bad they played in the first half, you know that at one each, they're going to pile the pressure on the last five minutes. I mean, that, that's just what happens. Away from home in Europe, your best hope is to try and catch them in a counter-attack, but you know in that stadium, 100%, the last five minutes at 1-1, one, one, they're going into injury time, they're going to start launching, they're going to start launching balls and putting you under real pressure. Um, and, and because of that, for me, Brandon Barker should have been the substitute for Ojo. Yeah. This is a lightning pace down the, down the left. Yeah, but even, but even just having King... No, having King in there, even for his, no, even for his physical presence, he's bigger than Jack. He's bigger than Arfield. Yeah. No, he might have won headers. You, you would, have, it would have kept Arfield on that right flank, where obviously he's trying to, no, he's trying to get back and help Tavernier whenever he can. I don't really think Stuart has got that in his game. He go back and help fullbacks. That's not really in his, in his kind of makeup. Um, so listen, it, it's just a small thing. We're, we're picking over the bones. Yeah. No, a, a disappointing defeat for Rangers. So you need to look at all aspects. But as I say, I just thought I thought that substitution was wrong, um, and I, I thought King stumbled on it. But I just no maybe gave Rangers that wee bit more solidity than what than what Stuart Stuart did with Arfield dropping back. Okay, I've managed to put it off for twenty minutes, Scott. So let's start having a look at this goal from Fabian Fashnat, <laughs> the thirty the ninety third minute goal, which left Rangers. Dead in the water, really. Yeah. Um, long ball played up. Hellander heads it away. The big number five for young boys, um, Cedric Ziegler, heads the ball back. Rangers haven't recovered their shape. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I don't know exactly what happened at that point because the camera kind of tilts out the way towards the the header. But it seems like the the Rangers defence were all pushing up. Yeah. The header is a particularly strong one from Ziegler and it comes back over the top. It's almost like a, a dipped-in ball over the top. Tavernier makes an inexplicable decision to dive in and try and clear the ball. He misses it by a good two or three feet and the ball runs straight through to Fashnacht who runs yeah. through on goal. He's still got a lot to do. He's 25 yards out or 20 yards out and he manages to beat Alan McGregor who hadn't had a save to make for the entire match. Uh, by putting the ball underneath him and to his near post. Number one, McGregor doesn't cover himself in glory. Number two, Tavernier certainly doesn't cover cover himself in glory. Number three, does Hellander also take in a little bit of the, the blame for that header? Could he have headed it down to one of the midfielders who was right in front of him, Glenn Kamara? Mark McDougall on the sports desk was telling me this today. I, I'm not sure I agree with it. Don't know what your take is. About, Who's to blame? About Hollander. Ah, I should help Hollander. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put too much blame on Hollander. I mean, I, I, listen. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Rangers lose their defensive shape once the no once the, the header goes up the goes up the park. Um, yeah. Tavernier's too far forward. I don't. I, I don't really understand. He's he's why he's in that position. He's got to be deeper. Uh, he's got to be deeper in line with the with the centre backs. Just given you know, giving Rangers that wee bit of, that wee bit of leeway, uh, as you say, at that time in the game. You no, know, should they really be that far that far up the pitch? Um, in terms of Tavernier stretching for it and missing it, I think he's got to do that because he's been caught. He's been caught at a position. Um, obviously, looks bad for him. Um, and in terms of the shot, you no, know, McGregor's got to got to save it. Um, 
listen, you can't you can't go and criticise Alan McGregor uh, given what he's done for Rangers uh, in the last couple of seasons and um before and he's he's first spell, but he'll know he should have said yeah, that. You can uh, criticise him, you just have to quantify yeah, it by saying he's been a brilliant keeper exactly, and, and of course, of course it, of he will course continue has, to be a great of keeper. Of course and nobody will be more annoyed with that than, than him. I mean he maybe goes down I don't know, does he maybe go down slightly early and that's why that not kinda of manages to go mm. to go under his, his arm so almost like he's kind of I think he's he's been done much. a little bit by the, the the winger, I think he thinks he's going to put it across him in a similar way to, to what uh, Morelos did, uh, yeah. I think, in the in the earlier part of the game. Yeah. Again, a poor, such a poor goal at that stage in the game. As I say, the defensive, you're talking about solidity and defensive shape away from home in Europe. No, going into injury time, your shape's got to be spot on, your line's got to be spot on, everybody's posi- positionally got to be got to be on point and it just ties in with everything that we've said everything I've said about you know, that kind of sloppy nature of Rangers play um, all night nothing was uh, nothing was compact enough nothing was was tidy enough from uh, from Gerard's point of view and he, listen he'll he'll know that when he gets back over the back over the game that, that'll be the real disappointing thing for him Okay Scott just finally because we don't want to go on too long for this we'll, we'll obviously um, cover it in a little bit of detail again on Tuesday I would imagine so just just to touch on James Tavernier yeah where does he go from here because he's been terrific there's no doubt about that for at least a season and a half he's improved his defensive outputs yep he's looked a lot more solid we've not seen this kind of double error from him for quite a long time I think looking back it's probably Hearts under Mark Warburton where he had a couple of goals that were his fault you know he's really cut out the errors, but this is a sore one for him because it's yeah. two that he's he's primarily culpable for here. Listen, he's a terrific footballer, Johnny. No, a very good right back. No, has been excellent in the main for Rangers, particularly going forward. But he has improved defensively. No, there's no doubt about that. I think Gerard has been has been key to that. But you're kidding yourself on if you think he's a brilliant defender. Aye. It's it's that simple, but there are guys worth forty million in English Premier League fullbacks who aren't great defenders. That's just the way the game is uh, at the, at the moment. If Savernier was a brilliant defender, he wouldn't be anywhere near Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Because he'd be worth he it, would be worth that kind of money because he's that good going forward. Exactly. He's that comfortable on the ball. Yeah, he's listen. He's got all the attributes. No, to be a modern uh, modern day top fullback. Uh, and going forward, he's he's excellent. As I say, there's no there's no doubt about that. But no, defensively, he can get found out at times. And listen, he, he's not going to lose his place. I know people, you know, social media getting a bit hysterical last night. Yeah. No, he's not going to get dropped. He's the captain of the club, a crucial player for Gerard. Gerard, Gerard loves him, not just on the pitch, but but off the pitch as well. So he's going to keep his place. All I would say is. And listen, I touched on this at the start of the season, and probably uh, no get a wee bit of, a wee bit of flack for it. But see if you've got John Flanagan there, who is a natural right back. I know he's been played at left back all the time. Yeah, he's a natural right back. That's where he wants to play. He's far more defensively minded than, than Tavernier. Um, he's excellent defensively, one on one situations. Doesn't take many chances like, like Tavernier did last night. No, that that dribble back towards his own goal 
Flanagan would never do that. He would literally just pass it out of the park. No, let them have the throw in, get the shape back, etc. So all I would say is, and again, I said at the start of the season, no, use Flanagan for certain games. I think there are certain games you look at, whether it be away from home in Europe, maybe some of the games in Scotland, maybe away at Pataudry or Tynecastle or whatever, where, you know what, I don't think it would do Rangers any harm. Even if it's not at the start of a game, Say you're 2-0 up at Tynecastle or 1-0 up at Pataudry or like last night, no, you're 1-0 up against young boys. I know Flanagan wasn't he, uh, still no fit. I don't think he wasn't in the bench no, last that's night. Right. So, But if you're 1-0 away from home in Europe, I think it make it, it can make sense at times to maybe take Tavernier off and put in a more defensive right back just to give you... Know that bit of solidity that we're, that we're speaking about. I think if you've got Flanagan or somebody like Flanagan in the books, no, use them. Uh, use them in certain games. Use them at certain times in games where you need to you need to tighten it up a bit. That that's all I'd say about Tavernier. That that's the options that that Gerard's got. So no, he should he should maybe use them. Okay, well, uh, Rangers play Hamilton, of course, at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Sunday game at Ibrox. You probably couldn't have picked by hand a better <laughs> fixture um, I say that probably Rangers will, will lose result, lose points now just because I've said that but I mean Hamilton struggling in the league um, don't have a lot going forward and will probably look to sit in and try and hit Rangers in the break but yep. you'd have to imagine that given the depth of squad Rangers have given the quality they have uh, in their ranks they should be able to bounce back and yeah. get three points. Listen, I think the manager will make a few changes. Um, he'll keep a few staple ones in there. I think uh, no, Davis will stay in there. Morelos will, will start again. Uh, as I say, Tavernier will be in there again. Um, the few changes he'd maybe make um, in the wide area, I don't know whether he'll think about Barker or Stuart coming, coming back in. Certainly the way Stuart played against Aberdeen, we spoke about it, no, with teams that are going to sit in. Hamilton are undoubtedly going to going to sit in. So you'll need somebody to unlock the door. Yeah. No, if you forget uh, last night's performance on the back of the Aberdeen game, Stuart deserves another another chance for the start to try and unlock that defence and create create chances. So I'd maybe expect him to come back in. Um, Ryan Jack's injured, obviously he'll miss the game. So as we spoke about, does King finally get a chance? For the, if he for doesn't, the, if he start. doesn't, if he doesn't, that's telling. Yeah, and, I mean, you've got to expect that he gets a chance. Definitely, and I think the big one, and I, I don't expect Stephen Gerrard to do it because he's not done it yet. But I would give Goldson a, a break at the at the back, um, and I would I would have a look at Katic and Helander as a as a partnership. I don't see I don't see what harm that can do. With all due respect to Hamilton in a in a game like that. Well, Katic's played well against Aberdeen, uh, aside for the Old Firm game, he's played well all season, um, but was obviously left out uh, last night, so I would bring him back in, and I'd, honestly, I'd, I just don't I don't see the harm in taking Goldson out for a game, giving, no, not just giving him a break, but also just you know, making him realise that no, he's not untouchable, because he hasn't been dropped at all, I mean, no, Katic... Warrow last season, Macaulay, no, this season, Helander, no, no, Edmondson as well. These guys have all had to sit it out. At some point, Goldson has been the, 
the one that, that that's always been there. Um, but as I say, I think a couple of his performances have been a wee bit, a wee bit below par. Obviously, he made the big mistake in the, the Celtic game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Gerard does at the back. But but for me, I, w- I would I would take Goldson out against Hamilton. Give him a break. They're going into the international break, so he's going to get a couple of weeks, couple of weeks off. And let's see a different partnership. Let's see Katic on the right, where I think he prefers to play, and Helander on the left, giving you that giving you that balance. Okay, I think that's a good shout. Right, we're going to call it a day there. Um, you can uh, get in touch with us if you want to continue the debate. I'm on at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott's at Scott McDermott 8. If you like what we've got to offer, go onto iTunes or Acast and give us a five-star review as that will help us get the podcast out to as many listeners as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening. Go, go. Let your body use your mind, use your mind, let your mind, use your body.